0: Non nobis solum nari. So that's a quote from Cicero's On Duties, which he seemingly got from Plato. And basically it means we're created for the sake of others, to benefit each other as much as possible, which comes from that stoic ideal of giving and receiving kindnesses. So I'm John Fanning and this is the Create With John Fanning podcast. How's it going out there? Hope you're all doing well. And being compassionate with yourself through this covidness that's going on. Uh this is episode 34 of my series of episodes on the imagination. Which has been going on for nearly a year and a half now. Um which will become relevant to what I'm about to talk about after this uh intro. Um, and so, the, as if you've been listening to the episodes before, you'll know that's based around my book, Create. And also, if you haven't been listening before and it's your first time to the podcast, then please go back and listen to some of the earlier ones. So that you can get an idea of where I'm coming from on process and everything else uh, I've been talking about as far as the imagination is concerned, especially the idea of the differentiation between walls and doors towards and away from the imagination and creativity. So, um, last time I spoke about audience and patrons and the idea of representation. But today I want to talk a little bit about benevolence. So... This series of episodes has been a process-based one. Uh, I've discovered a lot by unpacking my book um, and extemporising on it, basically, and learning new things in the interim as the months have passed by. And in this next part of the podcast, I want to do the same thing and make it process-based. So to try and find out what others think and create so we can all learn from each other. But before I do that, I have a few reasons why I need to explain why I'm going to have to take a break from this podcast. Um, The first is just strictly uh, practical in, in the sense that there's the many hours of production and research time for all the interviews that I want to do and that I... Uh, set out to do at the very outset which was what i felt would be the most enjoyable part of this would be talking to other creators about their process and again to re-emphasize this is not because um i've come to the end of the podcast simply the end of the first section or part of this podcast uh, which was my intention from the outset and also because I need to follow up on what I promised to all my patrons at the beginning of this project that I would give it to them in a book form. And as I've went through, like, this is 34 episodes now, um, I, I've just realized that I need to make this book a very succinct and try to condense and... Create something um, that I have to edit down what I've been talking about and to synthesize it all and make it better and to create a structure that's clear and helpful and uh, positively benevolent in in that uh, almost poetic as opposed to novelistic and... Being a novelist, I presume I ramble on more than the poetic structure, which is succinct. Um, but that's also a, a, a healthy way of discovering where it is that, um, the, where the important parts of creativity is such, and the imagination. And it's also with that in mind, um, and I suppose the practice what I preached in episode 32 on community and feedback. I'd really appreciate any feedback all you guys may have on what chapters should go first or what ones should go last and what ones need to be edited down or perhaps others that need expansion. Or is there things that I have not touched on that are important? It should be touched on. And like I said with uh, Shakespeare and his company of co-creator friends in one of the episodes earlier on, uh, our work is even greater the more people around the creator helping to make it even better, and oftentimes that is something that's ignored, which I've talked about before, especially when it comes to the female supporters of male creators. Um, what what the, in this kind of patri- this patriarchal uh world we live in, but um, so you know. Uh, again, like Shakespeare, um, you know, the work gets better with the more people that are there that have something good to bring, uh, something constructive to bring, and secondly, um, I need a little more feedback. I need to know whether or all, um, you patron support Patreon supporters would be interested. In, in this interim period of me reading one of my novels out over time until I've had time to start uploading interviews after I've researched and um, spent time talking to these uh, other creators and just finding the time uh, to do so and just recording it. Uh Some of that will be just from a production perspective, just trying to figure out how that's done. Um, So the novel I'm thinking of reading is a send-up of the noir mystery genre set in a little village, much like the one we left in the Black Mountains of southern France. And readers have said it's funny and entertaining, but maybe it wouldn't be so entertaining read aloud with, with my Irish brogue. Anyway, please let me know either through Patreon or Instagram or by emailing me at john at johnfannon.me whether you actually really want me to start reading it. If not, I'll just leave it be and just um try to focus on creating a more succinct uh, book of create to present to my patrons. Um... And thirdly, uh, we just bought a new house here in the States and I was actually so busy renovating the damn thing in the last few weeks that I forgot to release this last episode on time last week. And it only took us, you know, a year and a half to find one in this crazy market of New England and all this COVIDness. And of course it needs a lot of work, which seems to be a kind of karmic thing that we encounter where we get houses that need to be extracted from the past and reintroduced to the present, which, which means I'll be getting that done on weekends and some evenings after my day job. Which means I'm not going to have the time to create or write podcasts or research them because I'm now creating a house out of what was a shambles of a place. Which it goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Creation is not always creating a work of art, like or a song or a novel, you know, creation can be as, uh, simple and beautiful as creating a home for your family. Um, so, yeah, so this shambles of a place, much like what we did with La Muse, but on a smaller scale, uh, maybe we'll even turn the barn into a tree for writers. Who knows? But, anyway, uh, basically those three things are, um reasons why I'm going to have to take a hiatus um it's more it's just to try and find time to research uh interviews but also just to try and get that book done and then just just logistical things of of life getting in the way as it does and just try to work through that so anyway I hope you'll bear with me as I do this and then when I come back from renovating and maybe reading out my novel I started interviewing creators uh, from all walks of life to learn from them, just like I learned from my own experience and from all the creators I came in contact with at our retreat and since then, you know, uh, because we never stop learning and never stop understanding a subject or a field. And I'm sure when I take this moment to research and try to allow the wheat from the chaff to the wheat to, to glean itself from the chaff that the kernels of this project will become more clear. Um because creativity and imagination is is no different than that. There is the wheat and the chaff, but you know you, you, you learn more as you sit with your ideas and allow them to grow. So now that I've got that out of the way, there there is one more thing I want to talk about, one more subject which I introduced at the beginning there with um uh Mr. Cicero, and as I said, that's benevolence. And so I suppose if I start if I talk wanna talk about that, I suppose I should just talk um a bit about um These episodes, you know, ordinarily they get about 30 or 40 likes on social media when I first started doing this, and I think it's far less now. And I try not to look, and, you know, I can't help but see it when I start posting something else up. And if I were a good businessman, I would have stopped stopped about 20 episodes ago. But that's not why I'm doing this. I'm doing it because I trust Benevolent and why is that well i trust because i i feel like we need to help each other more we just we just need more benevolence in the world and that's initially why i started writing this book and creating all this and stepped away from writing novels was to try and be benevolent and this is This is the new story we have to start creating, you know, not the myth of rampant capitalism, which I touched upon in one of the episodes and progress and more and more of this kind of failed Cartesian model, you know. So the new myth, the new manifesto needs to be service to others, uh, compassion and benevolence, which which is something we can start to see being played out in the social structures of the way things are dissembling and feels like there's so much chaos around when it's actually opportunity and uh, change. And out of change, it usually arrives from chaos irrespective of what that is. And it feels like we're living in a form of almost like Italian futurism right now. It's kind of a mechanized or a destructive worldview where fear seems to be leading more and more people down the path to nationalism. Um, you know, no wonder that Mussolini fellow loved futurism. You know, and I suppose what I'm trying to say is we need to embrace the arrogance of the futurists, but for a different manifesto is such a, a different myth. Um, the story of a natural creative worldview um, in the present, you know? that creativity and the imagination should be allowed to become the worldview, like to imagine more positive outlook you could even it could even be called presentism or something like that, a manifesto for only what is needed, not the fulfillment you know of every desire we have, and the consideration of you know the people that are around us, even those we we don't know in a compassionate and benevolent way. And I suppose out of that then comes the question like why a manifesto of service though why should we become presentists or uh, something um whatever the word is or noun is um, something uh, antithetical to futurists as such well it's because our you know you can see it as I was saying before you can see our collective experiences under this unprecedented pressure as such we've I mean, entered the Anthropocene age because of human uh, business as usual and, and we can't expect unethical corporations to help with their, you know, sociopathic economics and stuff. So, so the waves get bigger as the water levels rise and, you know, climate change and all it has caused and will cause. Like if you only look at the population rise, like you know, Delhi is five times more people in it than the whole population of Ireland. So there's this acceleration of time through, um, as well as our heightened reliance on technology and this, you know, continual emergence of new technologies. So it's almost like we're on data overload, and then to make matters worse, data has become this new kind of gold rush. You know, the new oil rush, and our organisms can't hardly handle it anymore. You know, we're you know we're watched online by governments and corporations, and we're analysed by both of them. And we're, you know, they're trying to replace we're, um, or they're trying to replace us by technologies, and everything is becoming more automate, automatized as such, or automated, and or automated. Um, you know whether it's insurance or banking or, but the population keeps growing. You know, so who are the people that are going to create? Uh, the new houses, the new books, the new um the new creations when everything's becoming automated. So it's a very bizarre time for creation. And I suppose we have to start envisioning new ways of looking at things. So in our retreat, you know, um any of you guys that are coming to this podcast on this episode like so I always say, myself and my wife created a retreat in the south of France about 20, well, it is 20 years ago now, wow, um, for writers and artists and creatives. And every month we, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because every month we used to, you know, encounter people from every continent coming to create. And when they'd arrived, they'd be exhausted. And it wasn't from travel so much, but more from... What we started to call like accelerated living, like the pressure of accelerated living, you know, uh, something completely opposite to something like the slow food movement or the Southern French idea of which means basically, for those who don't speak French, uh, it means we have time. There's always time. Just chill out. Um, which blends into that beautiful thing of the siestas and uh, the long lunches, and which doesn't cut down on the French productivity either, as much as people would like to rail against them. And the experience, the lived experience, would be that they are actually very productive, and it's because of that uh, chilled-out perspective. Although uh, it doesn't mean you don't have the stories uh, about them. Uh, uh, taking full advantage of not doing that and when it comes to that getting work done too well especially down the south but you can this idea again of the accelerated living you know and the people who come on retreat to chilled outside of france or to where the ret- our retreat was chilled out and step back and out and away from all the ridiculousness of this accelerated living because you, you, basically they could be contacted all the time no matter where they were and everybody wants an immediate response from people or an update, you know, it's like everything's a damn update now. So these people were really suffering, you know, these, a lot of every, every retreat there was people that were just burned out and it was just from too much acceleration, And it was extraordinary to watch because you could see them coming because we were pretty tired from doing what we were doing, but we weren't as burnt out as a lot of these people that were coming through. And you would see them slowly transform over the weeks until the last week they would be themselves again. So our culture is, you know, basically no longer biological. It's becoming a, a, you know, a technological culture. And that has effects. And because of this, new reality, um, outside places like retreats, we need to kind of help each other because this change, this this transition or ongoing transition is, is difficult for everyone. And by bringing some form of creative, spiritual impulse back into everything, like into government like Gandhi did or like Martin Luther King did or like the Quakers did with abolition, you know. They were creative ways of of resisting uh, the norm and those creative ways of resisting the norm are, coming, are having to be pushed to the fore now as well. It's like this connection, you know, has to be, which is basically what religion is as well, you know, religio meaning connection. That's what's missing, this uh, connection with creation. And, you know, at the same time, then people would think that, oh, yeah, well, what can I do? I'm just one guy or one woman. And, well, you know, oftentimes it's just as Margaret Mead would presumably once said, um, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful or committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. So, you know, and if you look back as well, the precedents are there. Uh, the list is very long you know and it keeps growing if you think of somebody like Martin Luther King then you got somebody like Rosa Parks and if you look at other strong women like the Suffragettes or you know Winona the Duke or Malala or many other strong women you know so it's and men you know obviously but the women are coming to my head for some reason which is great um, so I suppose what I'm trying to say is by becoming a creator, we can combat this technological transition as such or uh, combat the conformism and the, this uh, that servitude to technology as it needs us creatives to have an audience to use it inevitably so we can get off the addiction to it and retreat back from it and then try and create a new reality you know one that's more benevolent then we're all going to be in a better place so you know to many in business and politics uh this kind of thing i was saying about the engineering of consent to an extent is the you know they see that as a, the highest expression of democracy where You know power leads the people when the people think they are in charge you know and so the growth of the mass excuse me this mass consumer society has made us you know slaves to our own desires and manipulated by corporations and governments and if we're if we if we're all seeing the same reality through our devices usually at the same damn time then we really do have to be careful about this kind of conformism you know and we need to understand how important needs are, not fulfilling just desires like public relations departments want us to do. You know, these PR firms, they want us to fulfill these desires just so they can make money. And we do need to buy a better version. Um, yeah, we do, We need to buy a better version of ourselves, basically, as opposed to the products that they're foisting in front of our faces. But only stuff that we... And then only stuff that we actually need is healthy to to create a, a more benevolent and creative reality as such. And so when people go on retreat to create, some switch off their phones and put away their computers until the weekend. And the change in them is like radical, you know. They they literally clean themselves out. And it's kind of uh ma- mad to see because if you haven't experienced it, then you don't really it's hard it's hard to explain. You know, they did just one week they're like out of their heads with you know, anxiety and stress. And then when they switch off all the devices and just switch try to switch on to nature, then they become clear and clean in their minds and in appreciation of who they really are as such. And this isn't to say all technology is is bad, but it's just more of a you know, that instead of growing or evolving our societies or our planet there, a lot of them are being used to for negative purposes and to manipulate and control rather than ameliorate our lives. And I suppose what I'm trying to say is that our quality of life could be so so positively affected, but instead we Uh, We've been forced uh, with these technologies to to forget benevolence. It's kind of like when I was talking uh, before about the idea of love. You know, it's like, uh, oh, so we just do even the word um, that you love something or something's beautiful. These are like creative ways of looking at things or feeling about things. They're kind of frowned upon. Um, and not even consciously, subconsciously, because we've been conditioned to that's the way that we we view through that lens. And and you know, I suppose we set up there our writers and artists retreat to help people. Uh, well, not suppose we we did uh, to find a space to create because you know we couldn't find one because if you weren't published with reviews, uh, you didn't have shows in Soho or Manhattan then where did you go, you know? Yaddo? No, you're not established. And Lemieux has people who are just starting out and people who are well-known in their fields uh, from every different continent. And when we started, there was hardly anyone, but with time they came. So it's, again, that Margaret Mead thing, you know. If you want to see... Uh, well, that's the the Martin Luther King or Gandhi thing, the Gandhi thing of... Uh, you want to be see the change be the change you want to see in the world. So if you, and again, tied in with the Margaret Mead thing of just a few people can change the world, you know, indeed, that's what always does. So you can create something out of nothing if you have the the stamina and just the trust in yourself to just do so. And, you know, when we we started, there there was hardly anyone, like I was saying, but with time they came. And they're still going there two decades later. So, and that's a simple personal example, but many people have many examples of things like this that they've done. And a lot of us feel they are extraordinary, but to them are just ordinary because they're in it as such and they're just doing it. And if you see something missing in the world, then perhaps you need to create it or do it yourself, but more importantly, do it for others too. If you don't want to do it for yourself, then try to do it for others. That's that idea of what I'm talking about of benevolence, so be to be benevolent. And that's something that I've finished every episode on uh, throughout this series of episodes in the podcast because I really trust that if you're being benevolent to others, then you're being benevolent to yourself as well. So it's that idea of service as such. And I suppose we've lost this way of being in the world, you know, um. so I suppose another part of that would be to say that like if you do become successful then just help others too you know don't be a as they say in order, don't be a dick you know Uh, if you are successful try and help other people who are trying to do what it is that you're doing there's no need to you know be derogatory to other people Um. it doesn't you know it doesn't Uh, pardon the pun, cost you anything, you know, Uh, in this capitalist world, uh, that's an ironic thing there, you know, oh, that that costs somebody something, you know, it's not about that, it's an empathetic and an emotional and positive, evolving thing to do, you know, I used to, I used to bore our writers and artists to debt with how they need to get websites and Instagram accounts and established themselves and ask for help and and this was another way of me giving back and I couldn't help myself I just kept doing it I found it exhausting of course and my wife used to say to me uh, you know why do you bother then just keep your mouth shut and say nothing but I couldn't help myself I just I had to keep doing it but why was that um Because I felt it was important that their work or their creations need to get out into the world. And if if they're not putting them out there, nobody else will do it for them. And so I suppose if I'm being benevolent to them, they'll probably be benevolent to others with something in the back of my mind I was thinking. You know, even if only one in every ten people hear what I'm saying, then they will go out and then tell one in every hundred people. And, you know, it has domino effect. And... You know, it creates a sustainable culture of creation then. Um, you know, you have to plant the seeds for for the growth, for the evolution of the of the plant, the tree of the imagination. And so it has positive implications for them and ultimately all of us then. So You know, maybe you only listen to an episode here and there of this whole podcast, and maybe this is the episode, uh, this is the only episode you listen to. And if you did or are, then you're the reason I put everything I can down. It's like to help you. I, I know there are things left out, and nobody's perfect, no work is perfect, and everything's always changing anyway. But I hope something, even one idea, stays with you guys and helps you or inspires you to continue or even to just start to create. Uh, Because I really trust that creation changes people. And I've seen it in myself and in others. And create, and you'll see it in yourself too. And you'll discover yourself by creating. And it's not about other people what they want your creation to be it's about what you love what you need to create as such um because you know life's not you know it's not a straight line it's holistic life's holistic and we can't plan everything from the path like it's like this create book you just can't plan it or the podcast you can't plan it it just evolves as you go you know it's like i thought it was going to be 20 episode ended up being 34 you know um So you never know where you're going, you know. It you have to just see it as a process, like I was talking about at the outset. And we can be um, benevolent or benevolently creative as we make, you know, those creative steps forward. And you can, or we can do it um, through awareness of of the walls that I talked about in the first part of this podcast and how we can move through them with creation by carefully listening to where inspiration's telling us to go and we can do that together by being creative about our futures and the future of this planet because in the end we're all we're just one people you know one planet if you're up there in the moon looking back it's just one planet there is no divisions there is no difference we're all human beings or a human human family as such so um I suppose what I'm saying is trying to say is uh I created this out of benevolence this this podcast and this book and out of a synthesis of stuff that I've learned from my own creativity but also from the others the other creators that I've met and I felt like I needed to help in some way basically, and right now though um the way you could help me is to create what matters to you. So, you know, create. And that's it. That's basically what I, the crux of what I'm trying to say is create with an exclamation point, you know. Um, so thanks for listening. If you've been through this whole ride the whole way through, then uh, that's really awesome. Thanks. Um So... With this episode, I started with a quote from a Roman statesman and philosopher, um, you know, by way of a Greek philosopher or such. But as always, I'm going to end the episode with an Irish proverb. And this one means, um, which, you know, goes on about the, this, this interdependence as such, I suppose, people live in one another's shadows. So Mara Nadini Arshkal Akela. Marin Nadini Arshkal Akela. So as I always say, this podcast is supported by you, the listener, via my Patreon page. And as I said, I'm going to take a bit of a hiatus now. I don't know how long that's going to be. Um. I'm not going to give you a specific time frame because I don't want to be lying. Um, hopefully, it'll be sooner rather than later. Um, I'd appreciate uh the support of the podcast to continue. Uh, again, that's at patreon.com forward slash John Fanning. And if you can afford it, it's all well and good. If you can't, that's fine too. The usual thing, you know, if you like listening to my my uh, brogue over the microphone then, uh, and you wouldn't mind sitting across from me talking about some of this stuff then, you know, you can pay for a cup of tea or a pint and again, like I said, if you can't, that's grand too but please try and go over to iTunes or wherever the hell it is that you're listening to this and just leave a review or I know uh, some kind of... um. Uh, feedback as such, you know, so that other people can find out about it and so the listenership to this thing grows so, so that the benevolence can be continued. Um, uh, if you want to get in touch with me uh, through my website, it's johnfanning.me and if you want to see all the other episodes in one place, you can get that under podcast on my website and there you get transcripts as well with links to some of the stuff that i've mentioned and you get all that social crap as well excuse me that's social um social stuff you know (laughs) um so it's been a trip this has been nearly a year and a half of this and uh hopefully it'll go on into a few more years now when i can get my stuff together here to get this book done and it's some kind of poetic um, clear and concise compendium of what I've been talking about here for the last while to you guys again thanks so much for the support and thanks for listening and like I said at the outset and I've been saying every episode uh, try to be benevolent out there when you can Especially if it's in some form of creative passion or compassion and take care. Again, be benevolent when you can. And until the next time Shlon live Oguskanari and báhar live.